You're listening to Radio DePaul. I'm Connor Mudd, and this is Tom Talks. Welcome to Tom Talks. This is the inaugural season two episode, episode 14. Uh, We're going to talk about his 14th movie, Far and Away, in a little bit. Um, But with me today is a very special guest. He was adopted from Brazil. He's a former DePaul student who has decided to hold off and pursue music full time. And Halloween is his best time of year. Please welcome uh, Luan. Is it Luan Seguim? Luan Arnold? I know. Luan Luan Seguim. Yeah, that's my artist name that I decided to go by. Yeah. I I dig it. it. What does that mean? Uh, well, Luan is my name, obviously, and Seguim is my actually my middle name, um, and uh, it's um, it comes from like Spanish uh, backgrounds. I'm from Brazil, um, but it comes from like uh, the Spanish conquistadors. Uh, Seguim was like a big name back then, so I don't really know too much about it. But I just thought it was a little bit more interesting than uh, Arnold, which is my dad's last name, and uh, sure. it's kind of um, it's kind of like Americanized. So I decided to take the more creative route. Uh, yeah, bring bring some of your heritage more into your yeah, artistic name. That's exactly. pretty cool. I, I dig that. How how long did you live in Brazil? Uh, not very long. Like I said, uh, I was adopted from there. So I lived there until uh, I was like three years old, and then I was adopted. Um, I go back every almost every winter because um, my mom is actually, she's Brazilian. So most of, half of my family is from there. So I go back every winter to like Sao Paulo and uh, visit my grandparents um, if I'm fortunate enough to go every year. That's, uh, are you planning to go this year? I know travel's a little tricky. And- yeah, I don't think it's happening this year, sadly. My mom just went, um, she just went over the summer to visit for a couple weeks because she wanted to like squeeze in that time. But actually with the whole travel ban and all that, she got stuck there for like two more weeks. So. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, but at least bad. she was with family, not just like work or something. <laughs> yeah, that, if, you, if you get stuck in a country and all you have to do is work that would be that would be a huge struggle all right do you think you're gonna like maybe by like carnival season you think you're gonna try and go back or um you know i really i always want to go during that season but the tickets are like exponentially like pricier they're like twelve hundred dollars a ticket around that time of year which is like that's a big (laughs) sacrifice for most people so um i would love to freaking go next year if this thing kind of like you know pushes down a little bit but honestly i don't know how long uh, how much longer this uh, covid 19 will last so yeah we we can we can have our fingers crossed for sure yeah, right. um <laughs> yeah but i mean chicago's got some pretty cool carnival celebrations too i know there's some um awesome parties over on the the i think the west side right Might be yeah i'm they have a they have several here in chicago i think what i really like about chicago in general is just like um kind of like the cultural community we can build and uh, kind of all the events that they throw, like, like just this past week, the uh, Mexican independence day, like that was huge downtown. And I didn't know they celebrated it that like uh, big here in the city. So that was really cool to see that. Yeah, I definitely, I love, I love how cultural Chicago can be. And it's not just neighborhood to neighborhood. It's all very, very melded together, which is tons of fun. Um, So music though, what, Mm -hmm. what led you to, drop uh, did you drop out of DePaul or are you on hold uh, I think I'm on hold for right now I'm not I'm not too sure yet um but going into that I guess um music has always been like a huge inspiration of mine ever since I was probably like seven to eight years old um I started music very early in like um school choirs and stuff like that 
Um, and it's kind of been something that's always kind of been in my heart because I moved a lot when I was a kid. So I never really made like, um, I would say those like lifelong friends, you know what I mean? So I had to have something that could like balance out the kind of social life. And music was a really big part of that. Um, I was in choir, I was in musical theater. Um, and I actually originally was going to go to school for musical theater. Um, and then unfortunately, I didn't get into the schools I wanted to, because uh, I failed the <laughs> dance portion because my dancing wasn't good enough. Um, and then I was too eager. I've always had that problem. I've always been like really eager to move on to the next thing. So film was the next thing for me because my dad was a video producer and um, I loved making movies in general because I watched him when I was a kid and I would overlook his shoulder and see what he was doing. So he kind of taught me how to do it. And I was like, well, I guess I could just do this and it'd be a lot of fun because I like making movies anyway. Um, so then I went to DePaul uh, and I enjoyed every, uh, I did enjoy my time there. I'm not saying I did not enjoy my time. I love DePaul, great community. Um, just, I just had that one thing in my head while I was at DePaul, it just was making music. And I never had the time to do that because like I said, I'm a person that likes to stay really busy. So I was busy with classes and like activities and stuff like that to like, you know, be in the college community. But music was always just in my head saying, hey, you got to like come back to me at some point. So around my junior year, um, I started taking kind of more um, classes that didn't really pique my interest as much. And uh, I started writing music my junior year again. Um, and then as soon as that happened, it was kind of all over from there. I kind of was just like, I really need to invest my time in this because it was something that I've always been passionate about. And I kind of think I put it away in the side burner. Um, so I starting, uh, this quarter, actually this fall quarter, when school's starting for everyone, I'm trying a uh, one full year of uh, music and see how it goes. Um, I, you and, know, and uh, you've got good stuff. Yeah. You've been, yeah, you've been you. killing it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's a different, it's a different sound for sure. Um, I, like I said, I had a lot of, um, theater in my life when I was a kid. So I think my music really incorporates a lot of that theatrical element. Um, which really in today's society isn't really like that kind of music really isn't the mainstream because um, like rap and hip hop and stuff like that is really big in the mainstream right now, which is totally mm -hmm. fine. But uh, I'm kind of trying to push like a new wave of music um, to people and show them that like you can kind of sing and do whatever you want. There's no like limits to what you can do. Um, and yeah, I've just been going hard on that, working on like two albums right now and a couple of singles. So lots of lots of stuff on the way. Tons of content. How, how would you describe your sound to, to someone who might not have listened to your stuff yet? Uh, yeah, so um, I've had a lot of mixed, uh, mixed reviews from people about what I sound like. Um, but I think the most common one that people kind of stick to is uh, like Panic at the Disco, um, like just very because Brendan Urie, the, the lead singer of Panic at the Disco, he's very theatrical himself. So I would say um, very much like Panic at the Disco. I've gotten 21 Pilots. Um, I've gotten Hosier at one point. Like it's, it's kind of a right. mix of everything, which I kind of like because I really want to attract like a wider fan base. I don't want to really like staple myself down into like one niche or one genre. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like my sound. I kind of it's really funny because um, my first song I released on like Spotify and stuff like that, which is uh, Puppet Man. Um, that was kind of like a test run of like the waters for like my music career. That was like my first song out there. So I didn't really know what I was really doing. 
but then people said like oh stick with that stick with that sound um because that sound of the, the sound of that one is actually a lot more like kind of lo-fi and low vibes um like sad boy music um which i i yeah. did and i experimented with but i don't know if i'm going that route yeah there is a time and a place for sad boy music for sure exactly right <laughs> Yeah, I definitely, I, I get the, the Brendan Urie vibes, but I don't see it as Panic at the Disco vibes. It's more like Brendan Urie and like, um, have you listened to, uh, what is it, Razia's Shadow? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's kind yeah. of, it's closer to that. I, I that, that, That'd be my take on it. Mm-hmm. But definitely yeah. I see I see where people are coming from with all the different, different types of yeah. sound. I think they've been saying a lot about the Panic of the Disco stuff is a lot like with my uh, new music that I'm releasing uh, this next month. I've been kind of like sneak peeking it for everyone to look at on my uh, social media and stuff like that and sending it to a few friends. And it's kind of like I'm going this really um, kind of like high energy pop synth wave vibe on my new stuff. Um, So I think that's where they kind of maybe get some of that from. Yeah. And your next two songs are Terminator and Total Recall. Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. what is the inspiration like why why the pop culture theme why are you going with classic action movies yeah i mean i think people for the longest time have enjoyed going to the movies and have enjoyed like cinema and like i was a film major and i love film myself too like it's not just because i like took a break from school doesn't mean i don't like doing film i love film still and that's just something i think everyone can connect with as a whole in society i mean you look at marvel and like all the superhero movies and people go millions of people go to see that movie and it kind of creates like a conversation. So I wanted to kind of have my music start to create like a conversation, kind of like that, that kind of pop culture conversation, but I wanted to relate those movies, which uh, if you, if you listen to the lyrics when the songs do come out and pay really close attention to them, I wanted to relate them to our real life scenarios. Um, So Terminator actually is more of just kind of a, it's kind of just a motivational song. It's kind of inspiring everyone to be Terminators themselves, to be unstoppable, to, to kind of don't let anything like push you down. Um, Because obviously in the movie Terminator, even though the first movie Arnold Schwarzenegger plays like the evil Terminator by the second movie, he's like the good guy and he's like the hero. And so it's kind of, that's kind of my approach of the new songs that I'm releasing is I want to take the movie elements and then kind of be cheesy and catchy by using like lines, like in one of the lines in Terminator is a second time is for the last judgment day upon your laps. So like, that's just a play off of the movies because the second movie is called judgment day. But at the same time, it should inspire people. Like if someone punches you down, get right back up and keep moving forward because in the end like we're in control of our own destiny so like why not be the best versions of ourselves as possible so that's kind of what terminator is about um total recall is like a whole another thing (laughs) um total recall if anyone has seen the movie total recall um that's also with uh arnold the original with arnold schwarzenegger i know they made a remake i think with tom cruise actually um it was was no it was um who was that? Because it wasn't Tom Cruise. It was um, someone else very similar to Tom Cruise. It was, it's not Colin Farrell. What? That's what I was thinking. Might have been t- Colin too. Farrell. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that, that, if anyone's seen that movie, it's kind of about, uh, you know, we're always wanting to change our realities and change our perceptions of reality to what we want it to be. And sometimes that's like not always a good thing, right? 
And so in that movie, when Arnold decides to go and get that operation done from the secret lab or whatever um, in the future, he finds out that what he wants, all the things that he likes actually isn't what he needs, right? What he needs is right in front of him, which is like his true love and his, uh, his destiny. So that's kind of what that song is about, but it takes it in the like downturn, um, which is what most of my music kind of centers around is like the bad outputs of everything instead of the good outputs. So Total Recall is about totally messing up, going to get this procedure done and everything that happens stays forever and you wish that you could take it away you wish oh man maybe this isn't what i wanted maybe i don't want you know lavish things all the time or maybe i don't need you know this much attention from this person and it takes it in the really dark route um in the very explicit route the explicit route that i can't really talk about on here but um but that's where that song kind of takes it it's just kind of like well be careful what you wish for because this could happen to you and I kind of think that's like an overall general summary that everyone can understand and like, like, so, and that's why I kind of tie music with the movies because it's like two different things that people can both talk about. Yeah, that, that cross-platform media is really powerful. And I think that the, the messages that you're trying to get, to get across really translate well between the, the two types of media. So I'm, I'm a big fan that you're doing two Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Are you going to do a full album of yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger songs and then call it <laughs> Arnold and then Luan Seguin? Because, you know, yeah, your last I mean, name. I'm actually in the works. Uh, one of my albums, like I said, I'm writing two albums. Um, I'm writing an album completely 80s movies inspired. Um, and that's going to be released um, hopefully by the end of, I think I want to drop it at the end of this year. I'm like, I'm trying to decide whether I want to release this other album, which is about like love and sex and like the, the theme of sex and stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to decide between that or the, the 80s album. So it kind of just depends how everyone responds to like the music that I'm going to be releasing next month. But um, yeah, that whole entire 80s concept album, I already have like a list. It's going to be like a risky business, um, gremlins, uh, um, back to the future, like all the song titles are going to be movies. So I really want people to kind of get excited about that. Um, and I really want to end the sound as well uh, in those albums. I really want to like feel like you're watching a movie as you're hearing them. Um, so yeah, that's uh, an album I do have on the works. That is, that is a good vibe. I, I heard Risky Business. Are there any other Tom Cruise on the, on the horizon uh, for a Tom Cruise I song? Think, uh, I think there was one song that I'm still like on the edge of writing that I don't know if it's going to make the cut. Uh, I'm, do have a uh, top gun in there so i don't know if i'm gonna use that or not but that's obviously a classic so <laughs> oh, yeah i iconic movie it's i mean because there's tons of great music within that movie too that you could oh for sure you could easily sample berlin like mm -hmm. just that dun, 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 and then yep. build it from there oh I'm excited to hear all of it. I really, I really, I'm excited for the Gremlins song. I think that, yeah, that that one, that one is, uh, I'm so excited to release that one. I'm actually dropping that one uh, as a, um, as like a kind of a preview of the album on, uh, on Halloween. So I'm going to drop that on Halloween, see how people feel about it. It's very, it's a song that talks about um, kind of just toxic people. And I'm relating gremlins to like toxic people because if people have seen that movie as well, they know that it starts out as a cute magwai and then it turns into an ugly gremlin if you don't treat it the right way, right? So it's kind of like in relation to like toxic friends and like making friends with people that you think are nice people at first, but then you realize what their true intentions are. 
Um, and these are all lessons I learned literally this year and last year, which I think is amazing because like everything that is happening like around the world and just all this crazy stuff is happening. It's really eye-opening and it allows me to really see like how people behave and react in certain circumstances, um, such as being locked inside and not being able to do their daily routines or something like, or like going to like those toxic friends I was talking about, like, you know, they like to go out and party every single weekend, Thursday through Sunday and stuff like that. And it's kind of, it really like taught me a lot of lessons in life, which I'm really thankful for. That's one thing I guess I can say I'm thankful for in 2020. So I put that all in my music. So hopefully people can see that in my music. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm sure it'll come across real, real perfectly. And I I'm really excited to hear that when it comes out Halloween, you say, yeah, Halloween. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And you did mention that Halloween is your best time of year. Are you doing costumes oh, yeah. this year? Are you, are you oh, trick yeah. or treating? What do you costumes. do? I'm trying to do Halloween is literally my favorite time of the year. Fall is my favorite season because I can wear suits and I actually love wearing suits. Um, I'm wearing a t-shirt right now, but when I'm in the studio, I'm really laid back, but I love wearing suits in the fall because it's just that type of weather. It's not too hot, but it's also not too cold. Even though lately it's been a little weird. It's been like really like brisk and then all of a sudden like hot. So it's kind of mm -hmm. confusing, but, and because I just love like the season because people, um, people just get all excited and in costumes. And I think it's a really good time for people to open up and like really like be themselves, um, especially in Halloween. Cause you know, you see, the great thing about Halloween is you see kids that are three years old dressing up in costumes. And there's literally people that are like 40, 50 years old still dressing up in costumes. So it's like a really good time for everyone to kind of just be themselves and be who they like want to be for like one day right or two days and in my case it's the entire month i'll i'll be watching horror movies back to back and dressing up in different costumes going to like six flags fright fest all of that i love the halloween season oh yeah what what is your your halloween night costume i gotta know because if you're doing it for a month the the night's yeah, gotta be I a mean, kicker yeah i'm like going back and forth um i think i'm either gonna do beetlejuice um because i just love that movie and he's just crazy and i think that's just uh that's kind of like my persona like when i went to the public i kind of act like i would say mature and just <laughs> and you know like how how the public needs to see or blah 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 but in the real life when like my friends and my family that know me i'm just kind of like a maniac and very high energy and crazy so yeah, definitely Beetlejuice is, I think, the number one on the list. I was thinking about the Riddler, um, but I feel like I've done Batman before, so I don't. I think I wanted to go a different route. But That'd be um, cool. I, I think I think definitely it's gonna stick to Beetlejuice. I think that's gonna be my costume this year. That's good. Last year I was actually I was um, Adam from Beetlejuice. My whole trivia team went as oh, Beetlejuice yeah. characters, and so I dressed as a, the straight man, the Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, this is this is Tom talks, so we should probably talk some Tom. We'll we do it. We'll do a little bit. Tom. How how familiar would you say you are with Tom Cruise's filmography? Um, I'm pretty familiar with uh, most of the films. Um, the one that we're that you talked about that we're discussing today, I like watched a really long time ago, so like I vaguely remember it. But I'm sure when we talk about it, I'll pick things up. But um, yeah, but yeah I I love his films. All of his films are like really good, and I think his. His earlier works is his strongest works. Those are because um, I think it was a time in like cinema when people were more patient. So like you could have these like heartfelt dramas and like beautiful like uh, 
dialogue and stuff like that between characters that would last like 10 minutes. And now today it's just like, well, dialogue can't last more than like two minutes and then we need like some action to happen. So then people are still intrigued and stuff like that. So I think that his older works are like some of the best works. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you in some instances. And then you see movies like, um, oh God, I don't know. I've talked, cause I'm going chronologically. So we've talked about his oldest stuff, like losing it. Losing it was real bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It had some beautiful moments in it as mm-hmm. well. What's your favorite well, Tom Cruise movie? Fa- oh my gosh. Um, that's hard. That's really hard. I think my, if I had to say a favorite, I'm going to say Rain Man. I think Rain Man is my favorite. And it's, I think it's my favorite because he doesn't, I think he plays the, the supporting part really well. Because I don't think he really plays a lead role in that movie. I think Michael... Um, Hoffman plays the lead in that movie so but yeah I just I love his supporting role in that movie and it's very like authentic and realistic and like the situation that he's in is also very realistic to how like we would react if we had like a found out we had this brother and all that stuff won't go into detail about that movie I could talk about hours for that movie oh yeah but yeah Rain Man is uh Rain Man is definitely a staple for me that's for sure that's one of his very genuine films Mm-hmm. Uh, the next question, I ask every guest this. I'm always very curious. What is the most Tom Cruise thing that you've done? People have ridden motorcycles. People have run yeah. in tuxedos, that kind of stuff. So what's your most Tom Cruise thing? Uh, honestly, I think, um, like I said, so I went to school for film. Um, so I've, I've shot a lot of short films and a lot of movies. But whenever I shoot them, I want, I'm... Um, I'm always like wanting to get the craziest shot. So I think the craziest thing I've done was I climbed an abandoned railroad or not abandoned. It was an active railroad track. And I climbed uh, one of the towers, um, like one of the uh, railroad towers and got an overhead shot. And the train was coming by at that exact same time. So probably not the wisest or smartest decision, but it was a good adrenaline rush. So. <laughs> That's true. Most, most Tom Cruise type decisions are not always the wisest, but they are always yeah. very adrenaline filled. Yeah, I mean, they come with a big check at the end of the day. So that's probably why. <laughs> true. He but gets yeah. paid so much. I don't know if it's too much. He's, you know, he's iconic. You got to, you got to pay that yeah. icon. Yeah. I mean, he made his name for, with Mission Impossible. So it was just, you know, now you have to jump off of planes. You did it once. You got to do even, you got to overtop it on the next movie. You know what I mean? Right. You got to <laughs> learn to fly a helicopter for the next one. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> that was wild no, to me. I, no I'm stunt, excited. man. Just learn it yourself. Right. He's like, you know, why would we pay someone? And, and the movie, um, far and away that, um, that this episode is covering this is actually he wasn't doing all of his own stunts yet mm-hmm. um so this one he has like um he has at least one stunt double and there's something like a hundred or no there's something like 53 stunt men who are hired oh for gosh, the movie because wow. they hired um a full team of reenactors to do the the wagon chase scene mm-hmm. and it's so it's many a, people it's a pretty high that that film uh that's a very high budget film in my opinion. Like it for the time, like that was a very big, like cinematic, like masterpiece. Um, I personally, for that film, I did not really enjoy the storyline. I thought it was pretty bland, but the shots and everything was amazing. So, uh, oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's something they definitely had um, huge production. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a really weird storyline and I'll do, I'm going to do a full synopsis. Uh, Tom Tox's, uh, 
with a, you know, it's weird to say that possessively, but Tom Talk's format is changing a, a little bit just because of COVID. So I'm gonna, I'm not gonna subject you to me telling you the full synopsis over Zoom because <laughs> I feel like that would be too intense. Um, so I'm gonna do the, the, I'm gonna record the synopsis a little bit later. Okay. Um, but I've got, I've got one uh, other question, and then after after this question, we will go into a commercial break. Um, I say I say that very loosely because uh, I'm just gonna find a commercial that Radio DePaul gives me and then add it in later. And then yeah. we're going to play a quick game. And then after the game, we're going to play um, your song. Um, we're going to play what I think we're going to go puppet man. Yeah. I yeah. Think. Mm-hmm. One other thing we ask every single guest in the event that Tom Cruise ever listens to this, I give each guest exactly one minute to say anything that they could ever want to Tom Cruise. So you get one minute, you get to talk directly to Tom and tell him whatever you want. I'll hold the timer up here so right. you can watch the time. You ready? All right. Yeah, I'm ready. Good. All right. Hey, what's up, Tom? Uh, my name is Luan Seguim. Uh, I think you are an incredible individual. I think you need to start chilling out on some of your films. Uh, don't want you to end up like Daniel Craig and end up uh, breaking your ankle on set of a 007 movie. And because I want you to continue to release Mission Impossible movies. So please be careful on your next run. Uh, as always, we all love you. And um, yeah, that's, I think that's as best as I can do on that one. <laughs> you, only need, you only needed 30 seconds. You got 30 more seconds. 30 seconds. That um, works. Yeah. I think that's all I would tell him, honestly. Like, be careful, dude. Like, <laughs> that, you know, of all the, I'm very happy that somebody has told him to be careful. Most people are like, yeah, keep jumping off buildings. I'm like, yeah, he should, he should take care of himself. He well, should I feel do... like, I feel like if people had that one minute to talk with him, they would just blabber about how much they love his movies. But like me, I was like, well, you know, I already love your movies because I'm talking to you. So I might as well tell him something that's useful. So. <laughs> Even though he probably hears that all the time. So. Right. Like, stop, stop jumping <laughs> off of buildings, Tom. We hire people to do this. Uh, but yeah, so uh, now it's time for a commercial break. So stay tuned from, uh, after a word from our sponsors. Hi, welcome back. You're listening to Radio DePaul. I'm Connor Mudd. I'm here with Luan Seguim. And this is Tom Talks. Uh, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to play a quick little game uh, before I get into the synopsis. Today's game is called Short-Lived. It is a game of higher or lower. We've done higher or lower games before. I will give uh, you a notoriously short-lived celebrity couple, and you will have to guess whether their marriage lasted longer or shorter than the one before it. Oh, shoot. Uh, okay. All right. Oh, yeah. I've, we've done this with... Um, I think we did this with uh, age gaps in celebrity couples and then also with um, number of IMDb acting credits. So the, our starting number is uh, Tom Cruise and his first wife, Mimi Rogers. They were married for three years. So three mm-hmm. years is the number. And the first couple is Britney Spears and Kevin Federlin. Uh, I believe shorter. That is correct. Britney Spears <laughs> is notorious for her very, very short. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's got, uh, she's got two on this list. We'll, we'll get through them. What about Renee Zellweger and Kenny Chesner? Is it longer or shorter than two years? Uh, than two years, I believe longer. It is. It's a little shorter. They were only married two hundred and twenty-five days. Oh wow! Not even a year. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. I honestly, I didn't know they were married. Um, <laughs> I feel I t- like he's high maintenance. I feel like I feel like dealing with Tom Cruise is very uh, 
it gives you a lot of anxiety. <laughs> true, <laughs> true, true. Um, okay, so 225 days is the last number. Kid Rock and Pamela Anderson, uh, were they married longer or shorter than 225 days? 225 with Pamela. Shorter. Yep, they, they were only yeah. married 122. Yeah, I was going to say, they had like a very quick... Ma- that, that stuff just honestly is so bizarre to me. I don't know how you can marry someone and not think about the next like two or three years at least down the line so. right and uh, honestly i would never have paired kid rock and pamela anderson together that's not a celebrity couple that i would root for you know yeah I'd, yeah it's a little it's a little strange right they don't they don't fit well i i feel like i would want like pamela anderson and then um oh what who am i thinking of he's in the spongebob movie and knight rider and Oh, uh, okay. I know. <laughs> uh, He's I got. I can't think of it right now. Because I keep wanting to say Dustin Hoffman, but I know that it's not Dustin Hoffman. It's um. <laughs> that's gonna bug me. It's gonna bug me for, the, you know. We'll we'll figure it hey, out. Look it up. Look it up. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Knight Rider. It's. We have computers. I always forget that. Technology. Um, it's a wonderful thing. Hasselhoff. David, oh, David Hasselhoff, Hassel, of course. So of course. Dust, that's why I was saying Baywatch. I would have known that. I would have known it instantly. That's why I want him and Pamela Anderson together because of Baywatch. That's yeah, exactly right. <laughs> would have been perfect. All right. So 122 days is the number. Britney Spears again and Jason Alexander, more or less than 22 days. Or 122 yeah, 122 days. right? Uh, Britney Spears and who? Jason Alexander. I think, I think it was longer than 122 shorter it was 55 hours they were only married for a little over does, two days does that, does that even count <laughs> i don't think so my, my pop culture is so bad i don't really pay attention to that stuff but that is crazy 55 right? hours that's so they had the whole short. so they had a whole ceremony and then within literally two days it was they're like ah, not, not anymore you know <laughs> but it it was still like a divorce. It wasn't annulled. So they did consummate the marriage within that like 48 hours. So it's like still a little crazy. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at that point, people just do that to like get money or something, man. Like, cause they got such high net worth. So it's just like, well, if I marry them really quick and then divorce really quick, I can get out with like a million dollars or half a million dollars or something like right? that. Really weird, quick turnaround investments. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll go, uh, the next one will go um, more or less in 55 hours. This one might be a little easy. Katy Perry and Russell Brand. Oh, yeah, that was more. That was oh, more. Of course. It's, anything is more than two days. Um, they were I, for- I actually liked them. I, I liked them as like a couple at first before things got really weird, but um, I thought they were a pretty stellar uh, pair. Yeah, I, I did like them. They, they were together for like 14 months. I think that was a good, that was a good, you know, a good combo between the two of them. Yeah. Johnny Brand's a little cuckoo, so (laughs) true. I really want him to be in more dramatic roles. I think he's gonna be in the next installment of Murder on the Orient Express, whatever. Um, Death on the Nile. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he might be a little more dramatic. That'd be really good. I I'm kind of excited to see that. I watch his I watch his podcast. You watch his podcast on YouTube? I I haven't given it uh given a listen. No. Yeah, it's a full like spiritual podcast he's gone like on this like whole spiritual realm of like his third eye being open and he just talks about like the world and problems it's like kind of beautiful 
actually. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll have to give that a listen. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry about that. No, you're fine. Um, we'll do two more. We'll do two more. Uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, more or less than 14 months. Amber Heard. Wait, is that uh, that's not Johnny Depp's previous uh, wife, right? Correct. His most recent wife. Oh, it is. Um, I okay. think it's his then most that's, recent. Then that's that's more. It is more, but it was only fifteen months. It was only one yeah. month longer. That was abusive she relationship. Was crazy. She was crazy. Yeah, because like Johnny Depp is literally one of my favorite actors. Uh, I think also very underrated actor. True. Um, but yeah, he's one of my because he's so wholesome and he's like such a good person. And uh, when I found that out, like, because at first they were accusing him of being the the abuser, right? Yeah. And they were saying like he was the one doing it all. And then they found out she was lying and that she like throws stuff at him at home and like really crazy stuff. So yeah. I'm glad he got out. But <laughs> yeah, very, very thankful though that it didn't last longer than 15 months. I yeah. Think. I mean, I always wanted Johnny Depp to be with like Helena from all the movies they did with Tim Burton. Oh yeah. Because I think everyone wanted that, but she ended up marrying Tim Burton for a little bit of time. Right. I think, yeah, they, they're divorced now. I know that they, within their immediate circle, they hang out with like, you know, Neil Gaiman, the, the yeah. author of Coraline. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Neil Gaiman for the longest time was married to Amanda Palmer, who mm-hmm. is a very strange musician. Do you listen to Amanda Palmer at all? I have not listened to Amanda. What kind of music does she make? Um, weird music. I honestly, I think you might <laughs> like her. Um, she does some stuff. She does a lot of like concept albums, that kind of stuff. She has um, a full ukulele album. She has oh, wow, okay. uh, a band called the Dresden Dolls that she'll do stuff with. I think one of my favorite concept albums of hers is called Evelyn Evelyn. It's about a, a pair of conjoined twin sisters. Um, and it's super spooky because, uh, one of the conjoined twin sisters kills the other conjoined twin, um, like over the course of the album. And it's terrifying. Um, Uh, I I should listen to it during the October season when October comes around. (laughs) Right. That's definitely, that's one of my like no skip Halloween albums. That's up there with like, um, oh, what is it? It's the, it's not the fear of blood clippings, um, recent album, um, clipping, Mm -hmm. uh, David Diggs's uh, group has this album that is a phenomenal no skip Halloween album that ends with a 14 minute track of a piano burning and that's just so that's weird so awesome that is so awesome I've been like really shy about doing that type of stuff with my music I'm still trying to find like because music is really about just like kind of really just doing whatever you want like there shouldn't really be like barriers and I feel like a lot of people set these barriers on well a song structure has to be like this and like this and rhymes have to be here and here when I like, I want to do something like that where I just have like an outro of just like, like three minutes long of like just weird noises and like crazy stuff like that. Cause I like the cure a lot on during Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like they have that really like they have three minute intros before they even start singing. And then like five minute guitar solos. Um, that's why I love like rock and roll. I think a lot of my music takes inspiration from like rock, original rock and roll which is just uh i call it just like with the movies just more more patient like people can like wait to hear like something rather than you know having the rap come in right away in the first three seconds of the song (laughs) right it's yeah because modern music is really designed for like tiktok where it's it's like okay you have 15 seconds you got to hit the punchline you got to hit everything Mm -hmm. within that really quick period of time and that definitely it takes away from 
like a lot of the different elements to different songs. So I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm very happy that you're kind of taking, taking the music back. We, we've got one more couple we'll go yeah. into. Um, Sorry. Sorry about that. Oh, no, no. <laughs> this is what I live for. I live for the little, the little tangents. Um, so longer, shorter than 15 months, Miley Cyrus, Liam Hemsworth. That'll close us out. Miley Cyrus, Liam's, oh, those are longer, I believe, right? They were only together eight months. Wait, really? Oh. Yeah. It felt like See, three years. Yeah, it did because I, I think what was good about their relationship, I don't think it reached like that insane mainstream like everything else did. So that's why I think I got that question wrong is because whenever I saw all things about them, it was always like good. So I thought like, oh yeah, they've probably been together longer. And because I was thinking about him in like, um, I was thinking, of, wait, Liam Hemsworth, not Chris Hemsworth, correct? Yeah, yeah. Liam Hemsworth. Because I was thinking about his movies and stuff like that that he's been in, and he wasn't in a lot of movies during their relationship. So that's why I thought it might have lasted longer. Yeah, he kind of dropped off the face of the earth a little bit. He he did Hunger Games and probably some yeah. other stuff since then. But I'm yeah, like, I mean, I think his brother kind of took the spotlight with Thor. So true. <laughs> it's hard to beat Thor. I really I like Thor a lot. Uh, but the reason we played this game, of course, is because Far and Away is the second installment of the Nicole Kidman, uh, Tom Cruise trilogy. Mm -hmm. um, arguably the second best of the three. Arguably the second worst yeah. of the three. Yeah. <laughs> you can take it either way. Yeah, either way. Yeah, I'd say probably the most iconic outfit. Actually, no. All three of them have very iconic looks. But I think that Nicole Kidman as like a, a Western woman... Mm -hmm. a plus and tom cruise in like 80 different hats throughout the course of the film mm -hmm. phenomenal well that's the thing about that movie that i was talking about is i really love the production value of that film like the sets are amazing the costumes are amazing the special effects are amazing um even like the the fight scenes like everything is very well done about that movie and it's because it also had a really phenomenal director as well right um but it was something about the whoever the script was just loose and kind of messy and i was just like these are like very unpredictable like plot um right it just it yeah. takes so many turns and i'll, I'll go in all the turns that it takes in the yeah. synopsis but oh it's wild i like to think of it because i'm not a huge titanic fan but this movie is everything i wanted titanic to be yeah like, <laughs> i wanted a little bit of that ridiculous a little bit of that light-hearted nature that titanic had for parts but it's titanic so they're gonna die and we know they're gonna die yeah but this movie we don't know that they could die they don't but they could yeah exactly they get near dying right it gets right. beaten to death several times but you know it, yeah. it has a good arc and you can't predict the end because like titanic i think you know how it's gonna end the second it starts right you mm -hmm. know that he's gonna die this one I had no idea what was, where it was going, and there was 20 minutes left in the movie. Like, I was like, yeah. how are they, what's going to happen? I mean, I think it's like one of those kind of, I say it lightly, but one of those just kind of like classic American films, you know what I mean? Like, just like, well, you're kind of in for the ride the entire time, and oh, it's, uh, you know, it's about hardship, and it's about overcoming hardship, and taking risks, and like, coming to america and like you know what i mean right. like so that's you why come to america what, you own land that's it that's exactly, all you do right and then there's a giant scene where they all just like rush and like go get the land right yeah it's crazy it's it is definitely a crazy film well that uh concludes the interview portion thank you so much for coming no on problem oh yeah yeah 
Where, where and when can we stream your music? Let us know. Uh, yeah, so uh, my music is available on all platforms. Um, most people listen it to on Spotify and Apple Music because uh, those are the most common uh, music platforms. Um, and I have those releases coming out uh, in October. October 1st is going to be Terminator. Um, October 25th is Total Recall. And then on Halloween, I'm going to drop Gremlins. Everything else, I uh, don't have any dates for yet, but that's where you can find all my music. Awesome. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to play uh, Puppet, the Puppet Man. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us.
Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Radio DePaul. I'm Connor Mudd and this is Tom Talks. You just heard The Puppet Man by Luan Seguim. Listen to Puppet Man and his other singles out now on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you can stream music, really. And his new song, Terminator, comes out October 1st. He's got some other projects after that. But go ahead and go check out Luan on any music streaming service. Of course, that brings us to the larger chunk of our show, the chunk of our show where I do a full synopsis of a Tom Cruise movie. The movie today is far and away. It is his 14th movie, his second movie with Nicole Kidman. There's a bunch of other little fun facts to go with it, but I'll get started with a little bit of a synopsis. So the movie takes place in Ireland and in America. It starts in Ireland in 1892. Tom Cruise plays a character named Joseph Donnelly. Joseph's father dies, but then comes back to life for a few moments to tell Joseph not to give up on his dream of owning land someday. Uh, so that's, that's the motivation for the whole movie, is Joseph wants land. Uh, his family's home is then burned down by his landlord, Daniel Christie, and Daniel Christie's men uh, because, well, Joseph's dad didn't pay rent before he died. Joseph then tries to kill the landlord, uh, but he injures himself in the process. He's then nursed back to health by... Uh, the wife of the landlord and the daughter of the landlord, whose name is Shannon, uh, though they do intend on hanging him after they nurse him back to health. Joseph, in meeting Shannon, finds out that she plans to run away from home and travel to America because land is being given away there for free. She offers to take Joseph with her as a servant because a woman can't travel alone without being questioned, apparently. It's 1893. Their, their rules are a little strange to us now, uh, but yeah, of course, it's 1893, people are sexist. Uh, he does refuse to go with her, though, uh, because he wants to duel uh, the landlord's foreman, a man by the name of Stephen Chase, who is the one who set fire to Joseph's home. He's also a doctor. He's also uh, engaged to be married uh, to Shannon. It's, you know, they're not engaged yet, but they're, they are going to be, be married. Like, they're destined to be married. Uh, so then Joseph meets with Christy, the, the landlord, before the duel, and then tells, and uh, the landlord tells him that uh, he had nothing to do with Joseph's family's eviction because the land is actually managed by Stephen Chase, the person who he was going to be in the duel with. The duel begins, but then Shannon rescues Joseph before anyone dies. Together, they board a ship for America, and they meet a man named Mr. McGuire, who tells them all about Oklahoma and how land is being given away for free, but they have to travel a thousand miles and race for it like everyone else. Shannon then reveals that uh, how they're going to pay for life in America is with a collection of silver spoons, and McGuire offers to help her find a shop to sell them in once they arrive. However, the second they arrive, McGuire is shot, uh, so, and Shannon's spoons fall out of his clothing uh, and are then stolen by a passerby, so they have no money. Joseph rescues her, but not the spoons. Uh, and soon after becoming broke in America, they're introduced to a man by the name of Mike Kelly, who is a Boston ward boss uh, and an Irish immigrant himself. Kelly then finds Joseph and Shannon a room and gives them a job. The job is, I think they're plucking chickens and the room is in a brothel, so it's not great. And they do have to share a room, which is a little bit taboo, but to uh, avoid that, like, the, the scandal of the time, they say that they're siblings. However, they also start to fall in love. So it just gets weird because they're pretending to be siblings while they're falling in love. Uh, and then also, while this is all happening, Joseph becomes a bare-knuckle boxer uh, in Kelly's club. Uh, and then 
Shannon becomes a burlesque dancer in Kelly's club after they've plucked chickens for a while. Meanwhile, back in Ireland, uh, Shannon's parents' house is burned down by angry tenants in the Irish Land War, which is a real historical event, and they emigrate emigrate to America uh, in search of their long-lost daughter. Joseph eventually finds out that Shannon is uh, now a burlesque dancer, and in the middle of a fight, which there's like $200 on the line, that's $200 in 1890s money, so it's a lot of money, uh, he notices that the people who paid for him to fight are groping Shannon, and he gets a little bit mad. So he goes to try to save her, and he pushes through the crowd, but then is pushed back into the ring, and he breaks some obscure bare-knuckle boxing rule, you know, from eight classic 1890s uh, bare-knuckle boxing rule. He toes the line, whatever that means, uh, and then is punched in the face with a sucker punch. In retaliation for the hundreds of dollars that Joseph lost his boss, Kelly, uh, and all of Kelly's friends, Joseph is thrown out of the club and kicked out of the house, uh, the brothel where he lives, and uh, the thugs also steal all of his money. All of his money. Joseph and Shannon are thrown onto the streets. They're homeless now. Uh, while they're homeless, they, they find like an abandoned, luxurious house, oh, seemingly abandoned, because the owners return, and it's the dead of winter. The owners return to the house, chase them away, and they shoot Shannon in the back. Uh, Joseph, knowing that the Christies, uh, her parents, are looking for her in Boston, brings Shannon to the house where they are staying. Uh, he knows that Shannon will be better cared for there, and also because Chase is there, and uh, Stephen Chase is a doctor, so uh, he can care for her pretty well in her uh, ale or in her illness. Ales, you know, because she got shot in the back, um, and he leaves her with her family despite his obvious feelings of love towards her. Joseph then heads west for the Ozarks and finds work laying train tracks. Uh, he sees a wagon train out of the door of his box car, and he knows that it's headed for the Oklahoma land rush. So he abandons the railroad and joins the wagon train, arriving just in time for the land run of 1893. This is also a real historical event. And this is really what leads me to compare this movie to Titanic so much. Both are the stories of romances that are built around relatively insignificant historical events. Nobody would remember Titanic. Well, people would remember it, but nobody would care about the Titanic if there wasn't a good movie about it. And I think Ron Howard, who, the direct, who directed this, uh, was trying to find a way to get people to care about the land run of 1893. Lo and behold, nobody does. Uh, so anyways, they, they're there, and they're going to go run for land in 1893. Um, and Joseph finds the Christie's already in Oklahoma. Um, and then Chase, who is still like engaged to Shannon, sees... Uh, Joseph and Shannon talking and then threatens to kill him if he goes near Shannon again. So Joseph buys a new horse for the land rush, but it dies. Uh, so he buys a second horse and it's unruly, but he manages to tame it. So it's fine. Then he discovers that Chase has cheated uh, by inspecting the territory before the race and is headed for an extremely desirable uh, tract of land. So Joseph outpaces everybody, catches up with Shannon and Chase. And as he's ready to claim his flag, Chase rushes on horseback at Joseph and a fight breaks out. Uh, and then Joseph, falls off the horse and is crushed by the horse. Shannon runs to his side, rejecting Chase in the, in the process. And Joseph professes his love for Shannon 
and then dies. Dies in her arms right there. Boom, bada bing, done. However, if you remember how this movie started, it's going to end the same way. He comes back to life fully revived because Shannon reciprocates uh, Joseph's love. So instead of him dying in her arms, he's not dead. He's alive. They drive his land stake into the ground and claim their prize of land together. Yay. Happily ever after. This is a really weird movie. I, I'll go into some of the fast facts for you. It, it's directed by Ron Howard. Um, and, and Ron Howard has done some other really fun stuff like Apollo 13, Beautiful Mind. I really think that this most compares to Arrested Development, though, because of its really strange, convoluted plot. And it's, you know, kind of humorous. It's not supposed to be, but it feels very humorous in the, in the way that Arrested Development often is. Uh, the screenplay by, was by one Bob Dolman, who has a cameo in this film uh, as a character named Honest Bob. He doesn't have any lines. Uh, the rest of the cast includes uh, Nicole Kidman as Shannon. This, of course, is their second movie together. Uh, and they're married at this point uh, in real life, uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Uh, Thomas Gibson plays Stephen Chase. Uh, you might know Gibson from uh, Criminal Minds or Dharma and Greg. Or uh, he was also in Eyes Wide Shut with both Kidman and Cruz. Robert Prosky plays Daniel Christie, who is Shannon's dad. Uh, you might know him from Mrs. Doubtfire, Broadcast News, or one episode of Frasier. And Barbara Babcock plays uh, Nora Christie, who is Shannon's mom, who you might know from Space Cowboys, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, and uh, one episode of Frasier. She was also in the Mission Impossible TV series, just another Tom Cruise connection there. Uh, not really any other acting credits that were of too much note. I did find... Uh, there was uh, an actress by the name of Eileen Pollock who played one of the uh, women in the brothel uh, who was in a TV series called Bread. I don't know what Bread is about. I've never seen it. I've never heard of it, but I wanted to mention it because I think it's funny. Uh, the soundtrack was done by John Williams. That's why the soundtrack is so good. Costume design was done by one Joanna Johnson, who you would know her costume is from Hellraiser, Back to the Futures 2 and 3, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Lincoln with Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, and then the Spiderwick Chronicles. I really, I think the costumes in that one are truly her, her magnum opus. Uh, there's also 53 stunt people credited for this movie, including one Nick Gillard, who is a, a true Tom Cruise stunt double. Uh, he's one of the few. There's, there's not always very many, well, in his early works, he has a lot of stunt doubles, but this is one that has some other notable credits, including The Phantom Menace. He, he did some stunts for The Phantom Menace. Uh, also in the credits, and this might be my favorite credit in the entire movie, uh, Fungi the Dingle Dolphin. He is a dolphin named Fungi who lives off the coast of Kerry, Ireland. He's a loner dolphin. He has no friends, but he lives in Ireland, just, to, just, just chilling there, just vibing. And they credited him in this movie. They gave him a special thanks in the credits because, you know, that's the caliber of movie this is. They're going to thank Dolphin because why not? So we're, we're thankful that they did thank a Dolphin. Uh, I'll do a little bit of data breakdown. We, we, we don't have too much time left. This movie, uh, it, if you remember, I rate all of these movies out of 100 uh, using five different metrics. Those metrics are enjoyment, engagement, quality, iconography, and Tom Cruise factor. This got a total score of 61 out of 100. 
which currently puts it at about the middle of the pack, about on par with the Outsiders uh, and Cocktail, around around the same level as those. I think what brought it down was its iconography because no one remembers it, but what brought it up was the Tom Cruise factor because Tom Cruise does a lot of things that Tom Cruise does. He he kind of speaks in a bad accent. He wears a bunch of hats. He boxes in an illicit boxing ring shirtless. Uh, he runs a lot. He rides a horse. So he does a lot of things that are Tom Cruisey. And I also really enjoyed it. That's why it got as high as a 61. Because it's just all around enjoyable. So yeah, I think that's just about all the time that we had. Thank you for tuning in. Tune in next week uh, for A Few Good Men. That should be a really fun show. Uh, and as always... Stay gold, pony boy.